Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 18th episode of The Valorant Show. I'm your host, Taylor Reflections Noble, joined by Troy Tuttle, a.k.a. Too Loud. And once again, feels good to be back for the 18th episode with all of you out there. Troy, how you feeling? Man, I'm doing good. I'm excited. 18 episodes. Dude, we're close to 20. We're, I know. We're like, we're, like, we're like almost right there. We've grown a lot, haven't we? I gotta we say, have. man, I'm I'm really happy with how this show has come along. Uh, every every week now, we're getting more uh, ratings, we're getting more reviews, we're getting an opportunity to start a dialogue, if you will, with you guys out there, with you agents, and uh, it's also transferring over towards Twitter. I know a lot of you guys have been reaching out to me. You guys have been coming by, uh, by my streams. I know Troy doesn't stream too much, but uh, you know you can still hit him up on Twitter at Too Loud TX. Please let him know what you think about the show, and if you guys want to get into a couple of games. But man, yeah, you're I, right. Two episodes episodes away I've, from 20 i've been taking the feedback you know last week you know talking about the things we shouldn't mention on the show anymore you know <laughs> doing the things we shouldn't do you interrupting you too you much did ask for it yeah I, I did i and like you said we're growing i'm looking to grow i hope we those changes yeah. you know are reflecting in the show and we do a better job no i mean obviously partially kidding but also having fun at the same time no it, it has been awesome man like almost 20 episodes it's really cool to see something when you build something, start to see it like take off and, and grow. And, and I think that's what's been exciting. And it's, I think what's really different about this podcast and any other ones we've ever done is, although I've kind of always kind of done this, this rate us kind of section, I've never had sure. this much interaction with the community before. And that's right. what, I, that's the one thing that I always look forward to when you're like, Hey, you ready to record this week? I'm like, dude, I can't wait till we get to that, that section, the ask the agents section, you know? Mm, so. so you're talking about Ask the Agents. You know what? Can't wait. Let's go ahead and hop into it. Ask the Agents. Ah, so much learned this day. A victory on many fronts. All right, Troy. Again, hey, you said you couldn't wait. I had to go ahead and throw it into it. And I couldn't wait either. I'm not going to lie. This section continues to get better and better and a little bit more informative. So you know what, Troy? Go ahead and take it over. Take our first one. We got Jay... Palm 11. I believe he's been around before. He has. He has. He's been around in, in my stream. He's been around in my Twitter. He, and he's been around in the, uh, in the reviews. Aha, I love it. And he's back again. He says, best Valorant podcast. Hey, Jay, appreciate it, buddy. He says, hey, guys, great episode. Love the content. And I love the show. Still waiting for a stream with both of you guys. Quick question. Do you think a new smoking ability agent will come out soon? Hmm. I don't know. Smoking and... I think this is one thing we have enough of right now, yeah. actually. Taylor, yeah. I think, uh, you, know, uh, you know, we got Omen, right? We got Omen, we got Jet, we got Brimstone Smokes. So, like, well, we have, like, 12 characters right now, right? 12? And so, mm -hmm. I mean, three of those, so a fourth, essentially. Viper, too. Is Don't forget her. Our, yeah, Ellen Viper, yeah. Yeah, so, Viper, yeah. Yeah, a third, essentially, now. I don't of, think we get Smokes. Have Smokes. Yeah. I don't think so, either. I don't think we I get smokes. So. Uh, um, a stream with both of us, though, that's probably more likely to happen. I, I'm not going to lie. Why haven't we done this? Like, why haven't we had like a... And you know what? Someone asked, too, and I don't know how you you know, you know feel about this, because I know you did this with, with the Fortnite podcast. Oh, I mentioned Fortnite. But uh, with the Fortnite podcast, you have the Fortnite Discord. So I don't know how you I feel know. about uh, maybe doing like a, a Valorant show Discord. Some, something to think about. Someone did bring that up in my DMs, and I was kind of uh, going over it a little bit. Maybe do some I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, I think we would love to support and do that if we had the time 
to do that. That is true. Right? So like if we got some community members out there that are willing to step up and do that, definitely reach out. I, I think that'd be a fun thing to do is work in collaboration with them to uh, to have a little community sure. discord for the show if they want to do that. Definitely. I'm up for that. But why don't you take I, I us on? I wouldn't mind doing like, yeah, I'm going to take them on, but I, I wouldn't mind doing like community nights. You know, maybe, you know, it, you. it doesn't have to be both of us, right? It could just be, you know, one of us or whatever. We could have a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah. But uh, thank you, Jay Palm, once again for writing in. H-G-G-G-G. I, I, had to, I had to cut it off, man. I don't know who this guy is. Same guy with the next one, C-G-H-H. Anyways, let's call him C-G-H. So we're going to keep it simple. H-G-G, Cypher. Best character is Cypher. Don't try to debate it. Okay? Mm. Don't Seems try to enough. debate it. <laughs> I mean, really, statistically, he's like, what, top three in wins, I think? 100% so, usage, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, I, I can't. You're I can't right. Disagree. Great fact. H G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G And we got uh I guess maybe his his former cousin, C G H H here as well. Uh he says, Love you guys, love the podcast. We should link up my boy and I are always duo queuing. Oh, so my boy and I are always duo queuing. Get terrible teammates. We're both silver three. Have a good one, brothers. Hey man. We know that villain all too well, don't we? The the silver the silver to to gold yep. debate that we're currently in always and forever. I don't I don't know. I'm with I'm with you though. CG That's a long one to type though. If that's your username, it's gonna be a hard one to add. So yeah. <laughs> send, send us a, a friend request instead. <laughs> yeah, send us a friend request, right? I think mine is I'll just go ahead and put it out in the world. Reflections, uh hashtag NA2. If you guys want to yeah, add Yeah, mine's me. Mine's too loud. The number two LUD number twenty one twenty one. There you go. Send me the friend request. Flood us with them. I'm cool with it. I don't care. I, I, I actually need cool. more yeah. people to play with. I'm not gonna lie. Me too. Yeah. I, I think I think so as well. Whenever I get a chance to play, it'd be nice to play with all you guys. Red Society is back. He was here last week. Now coming through with another review. Agent Skins are back again. On the topic of Agent Skins, what do you think of a different color uh, or a different colorway for the agents that you could Ooh. buy rather than a whole skin revamp? Do you think this is a possibility or is this just uh, some crazy idea that has no chance of getting anywhere? Keep up the great work. Troy, you seem, uh, you seem passionate about this one. Well, yes, because you know what's interesting about this section is that so many times, so that everybody knows, is like you guys ask us a question, and I don't read through all these, and neither maybe necessarily as Taylor, I don't know, before we post them all. He probably does, I don't. But uh, I put topics in our show notes as well that also I want to cover, and sometimes you guys pull them forward in the show. So this is one of those moments where we're going to talk about skins, because there was yep. a little bit of uh, an article in Deserto that came out about uh, basically Riot wants uh, to make Valorant skins for agents, but there's one major concern for them, and that is the hitboxes, right? So I don't think it's so much color. I don't think it's so much, uh, you know, what the skin necessarily maybe will do or the effects. It's it's really sure. the hitboxes that seem to be a major contention here. And really, you know, uh, obviously being number one uh, mindset on competitive nature, they have to keep that that competitive integrity there. And I can understand what this concern would be, but different colors, I'm down for that. But I am interested to see where they go in this route of skins for agents. 
Yeah, uh, you know, we talked about that last week, actually. And, you know, the hitboxes was a big thing uh, whenever it came to, uh, you know, obviously developing the new skins. We just don't want to, you know, kind of take away from the competitive integrity. Because if you have Omen, and all of a sudden Omen is is a totally different character, much like you see, like, you know, in, in Overwatch, right? There's there's multiple different skins. Um, you might take away from the competitive integrity. So, you know, the callouts may become inconsistent. The spectators might get a little bit confused. But more importantly, though, it just might change up the hitboxes, too. And I think that's the biggest thing. And as we know, Valorant is all about competitive integrity. But hey, changing up the color skins, you know, honestly, uh, not a bad idea. It really isn't. You're not changing uh, the skin as a whole. You're just changing the color of the skin, right? So maybe that's an idea that could fall more in line with uh, agent skins. But don't get it wrong, guys. You know, with Valorant being as new as it is, I strongly feel agent skins will come into the fold of things um but i don't think they're necessarily as important as people think they are given the fact that it is a first person shooter if it was a third person shooter i think you know uh agent skins would be would be awesome right but let's not forget it is first person so that agent skin that you are incorporating and putting on you're not going to necessarily see it yourself you'll be able to flex it to your teammates you'll be able to flex it to an enemy, enemy team but you won't be able to flex it really yourself unless you know just in-game screen so something to think about when uh, talking about in-game skins, but uh, Red Society, thanks for uh, bringing that one to the forefront. Definitely an interesting one and something I think they, they have at the top of their mind, right? Uh, and if you read the article, uh, it, it, they definitely share it uh, and, and talk about how it has been a priority, but the competitive nature is the number one thing in play. But I expect to see this, Taylor, I expect to see skins probably in January. If not in this next yeah. act, uh, I, definitely, I definitely think it's going to happen come in the beginning of the year uh dave 2518 he says great podcast love listening to this podcast it inspired me to make a valorant podcast would you guys have any tips on podcasting that's uh, you man that's all yeah, you i mean uh tips on podcasting i would just say it's all trial and error man like there's i've learned so much from just making mistakes right so mm. do your best don't get down about it. Uh, keep keep up. Uh, get your friends and family to start listening. Give you some feedback. That's what I did in my very first one. Uh, I broke it down. I listened to it. Um, you know, listen to it with a with you know kind of a critical ear for yourself is what I would say. And you'll continue to get better. I'm not the best, and I don't think we are the best. Uh, we we continually learn something and grow all the time. Uh, and you will too on your journey of podcasting. But best of luck, man. Keep doing it. Uh, awesome. I love to hear about people jumping into the fun world of podcasting. Yeah, I had a I had a, a a random Twitter account actually that had just started, um, and it was a new Valorant podcast. So I don't know if that was you, Dave, but uh, yeah, like you said, trial and error. You, I mean, really, Troy is is the wizard at all this podcasting stuff. He's he's brilliant. You know, he knows about SEO. He knows about raising things. So, uh, Dave, yeah, just don't get discouraged. Go for it, Joe Go Schmagoo. I actually like this name, Joe Go Schmagoo. Best What's Valorant up, podcast. Hey, I like them. Hey, guys, hope you're doing well. You guys are doing a great job on all fronts, Valorant-related. Can't wait to listen to more. Thank you so much, Jogo. Just my opinion on Agent Skins. There you go. Everybody wants to talk about Agent Skins. I love it. I love, No, actually, to answer your question too early, I, I don't read these beforehand because I want to keep it fresh. I want to keep it unique. Just oh, my get... opinion on Agent Skins. Maybe they can slowly introduce in waves just to test waters. However, when it comes to invitationals or tournaments, maybe they can enforce default skin rule. I'm no dev or pro, but that's just my take. Um, mm. Interesting you say that. Um, I think competitively in, in various other games in the past, um, skins have been disabled, or at least certain skins have been disabled for competitive integrity. Um, that is something to think about. I do go back to when 
um, the the new drag or they were new at the time, right? The dragon skins came out. When those were released, there was a topic and a debate within the community on Reddit, Deserto, uh, and some articles that were released of when new skins are released and we upgrade because we want a new color variant of that skin because we like a you know a different color variant of the skin. Is there going to be a way to disable the animations? Because we might like the design, we might like the the colorway, but we might not like the overall animation for it. And uh, Valorant, the right team, did in fact say like, hey, look, that's not going to be something that we want to introduce. And the reason why is because we designed the skins as we designed them. We designed the weapons as we designed them. And that's how we want them to be used. But more importantly, it's not as easy as just, you know, adding a code and saying, you know, turn on, turn off. So that's something that they weren't really thinking about adding. So when it comes to, uh, you know, to in-game and out-of-game, I don't know if that's something that they would actually want to do because they want these pros. They want more eyes on these skins and that's going to include uh actual skins for competitive tournaments um either way though uh you know introducing the the skins in you know certain waves to test water i think that's going to happen i absolutely think that's going to be the case they're not going to just go balls to the wall crazy with skins i think it's going to start with something simple but uh you bring up a good point you know going with the default skin rule i i think that's great i just don't know if they'll, they'll want to implement it based on what they've done with uh weapon skins in the past yeah no i i completely agree uh, I mean, I, I just think uh, it is a touchy subject. I think hey, they're going to work out the kinks. And I, like I said, I expect to see them probably at the beginning of the year. We would see some more. But one thing that we don't have to wait for is this week's Run It Back. Yeah, let's bring it back. All right, here we go. We got a big patch this week. Patch 1.07. And and there was a lot in this to to, you know, uncover uh, you know read through digest it took me a moment taylor to really bring it in because i actually shed a tear for all the sage players out there <laughs> Did that's you? actually what happened uh i mean i was pretty close to it i feel sorry uh, for honestly, the sage players but i do too I'm, I'm gonna let you give us a quick rundown what happened to killjoy sage breach viper what are the big takeaways for 1.07 I think the big take, well, first of all, Sage is the biggest. I think Breach is the second biggest. Killjoy is kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Um, but Sage by far, man, Sage is dead. Um, I don't see Sage being used competitively. Um, the only benefit of having Sage would be for her ultimate, but her heal, right? I mean, Sage is the only community healer that we have. We have other agents that can heal themselves, but Sage can heal others. So she's incredibly unique but her heal has been reduced. So it used to heal 100 HP over five seconds. Now that's been massively reduced to 60 over five seconds. So same amount of time, but now you're losing out on 40 HP. And that includes also the self-heal. So self-heal, same thing, uh, but hit a little bit harder. So self-heal used to be 100 over five seconds. So just as if you were healing your, your teammates. Now, if you are to use a self-heal playing a Sage, you'll gain 60 HP over 10 seconds. So double the time over healing your your uh your teammates which isn't necessarily bad in well it, it is bad but in, in terms of like the time frame 10 seconds versus five seconds um you'll get more value out of healing your teammates out of just healing yourself which that's actually something that could have been used a little bit earlier when sage was being used uh because of the fact that some people in lower mmr would use sage for the healing abilities and only heal themselves which honestly was really selfish it just wasn't a way to go about it so other than healing 
Her slow orb, one of her major abilities to be able to, you know, try and uh, keep pushes and keep enemies at bay, the size of the actual slow orb, right? Whatever, you know, you see the eyes come on the ground has actually uh, been reduced by 30%. 30%, bro. So this, like, to me, this is the killer, though, bro. Like, to me, I I get you, you nerfed her heal, okay? You want to see what happens. But they didn't just nerf one thing or even just two things. Three things. All three of her abilities. Yeah. Right? And, and, and to, the thing about it is, is that already on defense, it's tough enough on some maps to really slow the rushes. And so to, to especially with her orb, to change the distance it, it, of effect, right? And the area of effect by that slow orb and make it smaller by a, by a third, is it, to me, it's just crazy talk. It's yeah. just, like... This is the one ability I didn't think needed to be changed again. We already nerfed it once where you couldn't hear on member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and two, you could also bunny hop over it too. So they, they stopped that, which was good. That was kind of a buff yep. in a way. But uh, yep. yeah, they've been messing with it so much. But a third, you're right. That's insane. That, it's just crazy to me. But yeah, to me, it's, it's all, it's, you know, including this part and the next part you're about to talk about. And I'll, and I'll continue mm. on. Sorry, but I just, man, that it, put that in yeah, perspective as you talk through it. Yeah, and you know, barrier orb cost reduced four hundred to three hundred. Sounds good, right? Now it's back where it used to be. If you guys don't remember, they raised it from three hundred to four hundred. They did that to kind of help people think, you know, about your pistol rounds, your rounds one and two. Um, you know, is it worth it to buy a wall? Do you want to commit that much, or do you want to buy a ghost and so on and so forth? Now it's been reduced, but for good reason. The uh, the barrier actually forms at uh, so whenever you initially deploy it, it starts at four hundred HP. But after a three-second delay, the wall will then be fortified to 800 HP. So for three seconds after you deploy the barrier, it's going to be at 400 HP. So you'll see the cracks in there, which basically means, you know, if you are using that wall defensively, you know a push, like, let's say, let's just use split, for example. You're, you know, playing Sage, you're on B, they're coming down, you know, where Orb is at, they're going down, you know, B Garage, they're trying to push on site. Uh, you know, in lower MMR, they or even even you know in pro play, they would use the sage wall to literally stop them. It's literally just a wall, and then all of a sudden they got to really rethink things. Not so much anymore because you you deploy that wall, it, the whole team's there, and it's at four hundred HP. It. It's just it, you just push right through it. it. It's it's not even it's not even relevant anymore. So, I, the the team has been incredibly incredibly, uh, especially the lead you know the, the lead developer of these these skins or not skins but these agents. I've always been against Sage and they've always wanted to reduce Sage and nerf Sage. And it's like, when is enough enough? I, I think we have finally reached that point where enough is enough. I mean, Sage, I Sage is dead. I mean, yeah, you could, I guess, take ability away at this point. I don't know. Like it, it, it is tough. It's definitely tough because I think Sage players are fun to have on your team. They're very um, detrimental in some maps, right? Especially on certain strategies. And, and to me, it, like once again, it's already tough because you're spread out as defense to really make the guess or make the choice of where they're playing to. And that wall allows you to react a lot of times, right? And, and set your team back up in a position to be able to retake a site or at least give the support you need uh, on that site. And even though Sage might die in, in today's world where mm-hmm. she might be, say, on a site by herself and puts up a wall, she at least has a little bit of time right to react yep. and this just really allows you to push all five people through they all are shooting their vandals and walk right through it like it never was there uh yep. and and but again on the flip side look 
I actually kind of understand what they're doing with Sage. If the rumors are true, if they're going to be having another healer come out into the game and what they're looking at is, oh no, what happens when we give another healer 100% heal in five seconds? Mm. What then starts to occur, right? And so uh, they don't obviously don't want to get into a point where every team's taking two healers just because that's the way to to stay alive in the game, right? Yeah. Um, and so... I, I can understand if they're if they're going to go down that route. I'm I'm a very I'm very very curious to see what that healer will look like. Right? Is there right. a buff like say, hey, if you get if you get healed by Sage and by such and such, then you would be at a hundred percent, right? Or is are they going to be able to only heal your shield and not give you health? Ooh. And so they're already looking at, hey, maybe maybe we'll have a healer that can give you forty health, but we also have a somebody that gives you twenty five shield. Or gives you yeah. 30 shield or 40 shield. So you would be essentially at a hundred health if you had them both on the team. So I think what's really happening here is we're getting one, one side and one image of what we think Sage is to Valorant when Sage is something different to Valorant to the devs because they sure. see the other picture. They see what's coming down the line. And so although I think the nerf is a little strong right now, what I think they should have done is probably waited till that next healer came out and made that change. But it looks like, you know them, they want the integrity of, uh, of Valorant and the competitive nature of Valorant to be number one. And so that's why they're getting out there as soon as they can, I think, to try these changes to see, okay, will this work well with what we have coming down the line? It's a great point. And, and what that boils down to, hey, maybe, like you said, maybe they're just uh, just getting ready for the new agent. And I know you guys have always asked, you know, and this is literally every single episode now when I ask agents, what do we think the next agent is going to be? And I've always been a proponent that I think we need another healer to, to kind of join alongside that as Sage. And you're right. Maybe they are nerfing Sage to the point where now it's going to be in conjunction with the new healer that's going to be added. I think mm -hmm. the next agent's going to be healer. I, I've been standing behind that. Um, so, I, I think we have enough deterrence. We have enough, you know, uh, fraggers. I think now it's time for another healer. Community healer, I should say. So, so we, currently have, we currently have three Sentinels, okay, which is Killjoy, Sage, Cypher. We have three or four duelists, Reyna, Phoenix, Rays, Jet. And we have three controllers, Omen, Brimstone, and uh, Viper. But we only have two initiators, which is Breach and Sova. Yeah. So in my opinion, the next one we're getting is an initiator because it's mm. the only class without three. Well, I mean, it, it would it would make sense, yeah. I mean, if you put it that way, and if you also think about it too, maybe we need a little bit more on the initiator side, simply for the reason because everybody's talking about the jet op combo. Yep. Maybe we need another initiator to be able to effectively counter the jet op combo or just ops in general, right? I know that's been a big talking point. We don't have enough utility to be able to counter the ops. Maybe you're right. An initiator would make sense, right? Take away the ops advantage, right? Because they're just going to sit there and peek. You have something, uh, you know, an agent that can come through and just, you know, totally mess up that line of sight. Get your agents on site. Take out the op player. Maybe it does make sense. I mean, the numbers would tell you that's the way it's going to go. But then again, <laughs> where do we go after that? I don't know. But I, I do feel like if we get to these cycles and these acts where like yeah. one, one type of agent is down in the count, I think that's usually who you're going to see next. I would imagine, but that's then fair. again... Hey, we're gonna see if that if that plays true. I will say, like, um, it's always fun talking about like who's gonna come out. 
But really what I want to finish talking about here is the other changes that happened. I mean, your boy, Breach, got a got mm. a buff. He did. Yeah, and I'm so happy for it. I, you know, I, I've been preaching about Breach since the beta. I, I love Breach. I mean, it's all, it's all that I play. If you come to my stream, you know that's what I play, right? I, I dabbled with Cypher. I can, you know, I like Cypher. Yep. But yep. uh, but breach is 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 my guy. So now breach now has uh, flash charges increased from two to three. The wind up time has also been decreased from 0.6 seconds to 0.5 seconds. Now that makes a difference. The wind up time was actually it, it seems like it took forever. Now it seems a bit smoother at 0.5. Um, now one thing that they did do is the off screen flashes now match behavior of other flashes in the game and apply a minimum amount of flash more aggressively. So essentially what they're doing is they're giving you an opportunity when you know the flash is coming you can avoid it right so it's giving you a way to kind of counter turn around the, really the only way to avoid it is just to turn around um so i'm happy with it i know a lot of people aren't happy with these breach updates and, and i think the flashes is the big big talking point but i'm going to be honest with you breach isn't overpowered as people think like people especially in lower mmr bill oh, breach is broken breach is broken Breach isn't broken. Breach is actually the same as he's been. It's just now we have an additional flash and you just haven't been seeing that many Breach players. So you don't have much experience against them. The only other than the flash, though, because that's huge. There is a major difference, though. The concussion. All right. So the concussion is our E and, and the E is essentially, you know, your passive. It, it recharges. Now, when you concuss, you descope players and prevent rescoping. Now, that is big. So you cannot aim down sights. Now, whether it be with an op, whether it be with a vandal, you take your pick. It doesn't matter. Now, you're not able to aim in. You have to be, uh, you know, basically reduced down to hit firing. That is a major difference, but it's something that is there to counter op play. So it's important to have, and I'm okay with it. Players are, you know, you know, crying about it, but oh, I agree. I'm not gonna I, lie. I, I think it's good. I'll tell you why I like it. Um, I really like it because it actually allows him to use his ability through a wall and have the time to come around the wall and shoot without being shot at by somebody that's, you know, basically uh, dis, you know, disoriented and looking down their sights. And although they shoot quicker, they still get the headshot. Like I just do think that's a little unfair because in most other abilities. Don't allow the player that same advantage. That's what that's what I think about. I mean, that's why I think it's yeah. an okay change. Um, well, people, breach just wasn't used enough, right? And I think you know, Riot knew this. They, they I mean, wanted I told, to initiate. I, told, I think we've said this both on the show. Like, if somebody's not getting played, an agent, they're going to figure out a way to roll it in for yeah. that term in the meta. Sure, they yeah. might come back and take it away later on, or or nerf something else. They're, we're going to see this. Like, expect mm -hmm. to see this rotation. This is what they did with League. If you're familiar with how they work League, this is exactly how they do it, and this is how they're going to do it here. Right. We'll, we'll go ahead and roll through these, the rest of these for a little bit. Killjoy, uh, really, I mean, not not the biggest of, of updates. Nanoswarm did get a nerf, which was needed. The DPS is reduced from 60 now down to 40. There's also a wind-up before the damage does begin, and visual effects have been added to make it easier to spot the grenades on the ground. Um, so, And also the turret now does effectively uh, you know, aim at targets, or at least the enemy's last uh, known locations, and they're no longer revealed by Sova Recon Bolt. But the point is, I think Killjoy is now more in line with where she should have been. I don't think she's overpowered to begin with. The Nano Swarm was the biggest issue for me, so I'm she's happy not where powerful Killjoy enough, is at. Bro. She, she, yeah, but you know now she's 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 where she. You're right. She's not powerful enough. I agree. But the, the Nano Swarm's good. Nano Swarm's a decent ability, but like the turret's garbage. I yeah, mean, it does gar give yeah. you it does give you vision 
which mm-hmm. is decent, I guess, if you want if you really want to utilize it from a vision control standpoint, uh, which I really think is is what it is for. Right, it's not yeah. really meant to do damage. Let's be honest; it's more for a vision ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I just I I just feel like she's lacking something still to make me really yeah. want to play her even more. I I haven't really enjoyed her at all. I unlocked her, and I haven't really enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't, I don't play her, I, and I don't see her much used in in competitive play either. But you know, to round this off be- before we get into the weapons, just really quick, Viper. Why is Viper so impactful mm. now? I mean, the thing is, we both have said, I think from from the very beginning, that Viper, even in the beta, was like kind of the higher skill player uh, agent to really try to understand, to really get good with mm-hmm. her mechanics. I think she still is pretty difficult to be good with and to really understand the timing and when to use her mechanics. Uh, but I think they're also trying to give her ability to be a little more wide, widely accepted and, and some sure. additional uh, behavior. like. The thing that I really like is, uh, you know, saw, seeing the change of being able to use her wall through a teleport on Bind. And to me, that's creativity. Um, I know a lot of people are questioning, like, hey, is this a glitch? Is this something wrong? Uh, is it supposed to be happening? I actually hope it stays. I think it's really interesting to think that on one map, right, you can have a little bit of a different technique. It really starts to demand those things where you say, hey play this character on this map for this reason to have this strategy. Does that make sense? And right now, I don't feel like we have that many strategies on that many maps. And the maps are different. I think Riot is producing maps that have different feels. They have different things going on in them. Uh, And I think this is really cool, uh, very quick, um, kind of to my eye of like, hey, look, these are things that they can start doing with the game with the agents that based, that really say, hey, what are we going to play on this map? What is our agent pull on this map? And really make those teams pull up, pull on their minds, pull on their strategies, and uh, create something really fun for us as a viewer and as a fan sure. of Valorant. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, you know, with four maps, there's only so much you can do. We see different agents, but you're right. You know, using the teleports is incredibly smart. Another thing too is her decay. You know, her the the your opponents now are not your opponents. Teammates can Oof. now go into her wall. They can go into her ult to now not get decayed. Right, so you're not going to lose your armor as before, which means Viper goes from a very selfish agent to more of a utility agent in a way, uh, right in line with where I think she should have been. So she'll still have that outline. She'll be able to see the you know the opponents come in. They'll be covered in red, uh, but the uh, the other teammates will not be able to see that. But that is big because now teammates can take over a site deploy the viper ult and then stay inside that uh, that viper pit which is pretty cool um just to run through the the you know obviously the weapons real quick um you know judge gets a nerf 1500 to 1600 now i think that's cool judge was being used way too much the vandal buff is massive puts it in line with uh the phantom because now the firing rate went from 9.25 to 9.75 and also they did get a uh increase in damage from 39 to 40 does make a difference especially with the fire rate being much higher the vandal is going to pack a punch i like that puts in a line with phantom now you have a bit more opportunity especially uh, with my stem charge 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. and we'll talk more about that during saver spin like being able to utilize you know different agents um and and utilizing them to their fullest extent but you're right i mean you put that with the stem the vandal i mean it hits like a ton of bricks i like it either way that's your patch notes 1.07 i hope you guys learned a lot from that get into the game go try them out yourself and let us know what you think but let's go ahead and move on to our main topics Pay attention. I learned something. Think you can keep up? Who am I kidding? You know you can't keep up.
Main topics this week starting off really hot with 100T. Steel added to 100T. Man, you know, we're about to talk about some things. Some major things that are happening in the, in, in, amongst these teams, the changes that are occurring. But this one for sure had my eye, Taylor. Immediately seeing 100T come in here and make a move. We've been saying it for weeks. He goes out there by himself on this island. What is going on <laughs> this team? They haven't had a, what, top, what? Uh, they haven't been above a tie for top 13th and 16th in the last two tournaments from the Phase or the PAX Arena tournament. They, mm-hmm. they, were, they tied for 7th, 8th at the Gamers for Equality. And their best finish was at the Nerd Street Gamers back in June. Like, before really rosters were even in place. So Mm -hmm. they have nothing to hang their hat on. In fact, now the last two tournaments, PAX and FaZe, which is probably some of the most competitive ones that we saw, uh, they didn't do good at all then. And so immediately we see this change taking place. How, how, uh, How important and how detrimental was it for 100T to go ahead and start making this change? I mean, I think it was important. Detrimental, not so much. I mean, yeah, they they dropped the other four players, but come on. I mean, it, they weren't working anyways, right? 100 mm. was not having success. So a, a change needed to happen. And I think everybody knows this, um, you know, 100T fan or not, you knew that Hiko needed a, a, a solid team. He needed to handpick his roster, and it reached ahead, obviously, whenever all four were dropped. And we literally saw Nate shot on stream say, look, our, our teams are terrible. We need, we need to make a change. We need to make a fix. And he's been doing that actually across really all kind of uh, teams. So hats off to 100T for making some changes. As you guys know, Hiko, obviously IGL, or I, I shouldn't say IGL, but team captain for this roster. Nitro was added on not too long ago. Um, obviously a legend in the CSGO scene. Now joined by Still. Still is the close friend of Hiko's too, right? And and close Nitro, friend. Close friend. 100%. They've been going, you know, I mean, I, I think everybody from the CSGO scene, especially if you made it into like, you know, the, the top echelon like Hiko, Nitro, and Still have been, they're all going to, you know, kind of know each other and, and been around the block and, and be familiar with each other. It's super exciting. Still is a solid pickup. When Still was rumored to come over towards Valorant, um, there were two places he could go, or at least two rumored places he was going to go. That was 100 Thieves, and that was T1. As we know, we'll talk about T1 a little bit later. Dropping two of their players, we were like, where is Still going to go? Well, a day later, 100 Thieves ended up announcing Still was with them. So now you have three very dominant CSGO players, very passionate players, and all players that have overcome something. Hiko, for example you know, uh, a well-decorated CSGO professional, but without question fell off, right? Uh, He was, he lost a lot, you know, from the CSGO scene, not because, just, just because things happened and, uh, you know, transfers over to Valorant. He starts becoming a dominant figure in Valorant as he stands today. You have Nitro who never fell off, all right? Nitro did not need to leave the CSGO scene. He was very relevant, winning a major up till 2019. So the point is Nitro wanted to switch over, but still, has had a tough, tough past, and specifically in CSGO. And he's had, you know, a major ban. I mean, literally a lifetime major ban. And this was alongside AZK and Brax. Um, and it's all due to a matching match fix scandal, right? So he's he's kind of been all out of it, but he was able to come back. He was able to then fix his issues and, uh, you know, solidify himself amongst some of the best players in CSGO. So for him to transfer over now towards Valorant, he shows tenacity, shows that he can overcome objectives, and to be alongside that of Hiko and Nitro is great. But let's not forget that still is an IGL, an incredibly, incredibly talented IGL, at least for CSGO. We don't know if he'll play that role in Valorant. But the point is, 
100T is handpicking and trying out these players that they want. And this is what 100 Thieves should have done initially, Troy. Like, this is how this roster should have been formed initially. And they they could have avoided all of the ridicule and the past where, where they got into some trouble because they were too hasty to, you know, get a roster because they wanted to play in the 100T in the Ignition tournament that was happening. Well, I think this is something we've saw over the past, I don't know, two years, especially with Fortnite. Uh, and yes, I brought it up. But also Apex as well. Look, all these rosters and these teams had players from Fortnite that they signed on early on. They jumped on the bandwagon. They jumped on the bandwagon of Apex. And they even jumped on the bandwagon uh, of um, of uh, unknown player, right? Which was what? What was that? Um, oh, my gosh. Drawing a blank right now. But um, PUBG. And long story short, they had all these they had all these players on these rosters that were sitting around as these games continually started to fall off the esports and advertisement money arenas, and they had to stick them somewhere. and And you know what? Look, good for Honor T to give their guys a shot, like to bring these players, you know, from Apex or uh, you know, uh, 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 PUBG, and put them into this in this Valorant roster. To me, was a nice gesture. They tried to make it work. I get Hiko didn't have a lot of say. But at the same time, they were trying to do good by, by the people they brought in the organization. So I can't be too mad. But yes, I do agree. Hiko should have come in here. And if nothing else, known what the path was. I think he was a bit surprised by that. And that's why there was a lot of shock in the community about it. Sure. But I think now that, he, now that they've positioned where he is, they said, hey, we gave it a try. Now they're stacking the team. And man, am I excited to have somebody else out here contending with some of the other top teams like cloud nine and and tsm uh in this right now i definitely am am, am excited to see 100t step up and do this yeah i am too and i'm very curious because right now on paper they look to be one of the strongest rosters um out of anybody right. they, they they genuinely do but that's on paper we have seen you know on paper teams look really good and all of a sudden they just don't perform well so it's it's very different to go from on paper potential to then executing that potential in game against some of the best in the world so but right now they are absolutely looking solid i'm really happy that still does go to 100 thieves because like i said he was rumored to go to, to t1 that's because azk and brack spoke very highly of him and he's also teamed with azk in the past in overwatch so i thought you know maybe you know he, he goes there but he, he's not right he goes and, and plays alongside them really good um I, i'm super curious to see will he continue to be that igl role either way igl like there's always you know oh, who's the IGL for this team I think with this roster of Hiko Nitro and still so far you have three dominant voices who aren't scared to make you know the, the play calls so you'll have somebody who's designated as the IGL but the the value here is you have three players who aren't scared to be vocal and aren't scared to be a voice in game so as long as you funnel all that through one you know one person and you kind of don't you know muddy the waters if you will with comms I think there's a lot of value here with these three dominant players. So yeah I, yeah, I think this team right now is the most exciting. They still need two more, though. They still need two more. And they'll find those two more, and they will, like I said, be, I think, a force. And as you mentioned, they're going to be very vocal to be a force to be reckoned with in the scene. However, the one team that I don't think as, you know, as 100T makes, uh, seems to be making the tick to the up mark and be better and better and getting better, <laughs> one team I'm not sure what the heck is going on is T1. Bro, like, yeah. they they weren't forced in a weird situation. They actually brought this team together, created this team around their superstar, and mm -hmm. 
here we are sitting on the sidelines watching them get rid of two players and crashes and food who like, I mean, maybe shouldn't even been there in the first place, but now even if they were the, the blame's kind of be putting on them. Like, I don't Mm. know, man, we're scooted a lot. Like that dude's still out, not playing, trying to figure it out. Like, I don't know, man. T1 sounds like a wreck to me. Yeah, which is really disappointing because at the beginning, T1 was the most hyped team. Well, I, I shouldn't say the most hyped team, but they were considered one of the best teams out there, if not the best. Okay, and- but let's be honest. The reason why is because they went against TSM in one of the early tournaments, got Ex- second place, yeah, and everybody 100%. thought, oh, look, they're right up there with TSM. Dude, but they didn't, play in, they didn't play another tournament for almost a month after that. And, and, and that's then- my issue. Yeah. Like they will had a whole a whole month of when the scene really started kicking up, which was July of this year, mm. right? The end of June to July. That was that was the big like up mark and when people were starting to get recognized and teams were coming together. And here you have T one not even competing. Well, you go back, go back a couple of episodes, right? Anytime we talk about T1, I talk about how, you know, they unintentionally became this meme. It was like, oh, T1's not playing in this tournament, of course. You know, they like even certain times they were sending their academy team to play in their spot, which good for the academy team. I'm all for that. I'm not hating on that at all. But it's just like, why is T1 not playing? You know, I I do think behind the scenes there were some major issues going on. I don't know what they are, but I mean, so I'm still going on because because Skadoodle wasn't playing. So my my thing is not Skadoodle wasn't playing because he wanted to expand his his agent pool. Come on now, y'all. This is this is a pro game. You you know what you're doing. You know where you fit. You don't just go in. Michael Jordan doesn't go and go. Hey, you know what? I don't want to play point guard today. I want to go play. I you know I want to play center today, coach. I want to expand my basketball abilities. No, well, he did bull go crap. to baseball. <laughs> Listen, yeah, you're yeah, and look what happened. He came back to basketball, right? But like, like at the end of the day, like that's what I'm trying to say is like, come on, Skadoodle, bro. Yeah. Like you guys in T1, you and Brax know where you fit in all this. And obviously, there was some contention. I think he didn't want to play with food. Uh, and I, I, I think I, you know. Fooder crashes. Like I, I don't think you want to play with them, and that's why they're gone. That's my honest so, opinion, and I yeah. don't know for sure, but that's what I would think. But look, I mean, team synergy, the vibes, you know, as people call it. I mean, it's a very real thing uh, with competitive teams, and uh, you know, it, it does make me sad to see crashes and food go. Um, you know, I was a big fan of those two, but it is what it is. But this is the thing. Like everybody thinks, oh, you know, they're down to three players. No, they they technically, well, I mean, I guess they are, but they're well, actually no, they're only down to two. You know, but either way, hopefully Skadoodle does come back because right now it's, you know, the the two main players are Brax and AZK. It's like, who else? So I'm really oh, interested he'll be to back. see. Watch, he's going to be in the next tournament. I Who's guarantee Skadoodle? you. Yeah, they'll pick up. I think up, at this point he up. has to. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is they're not going to pick up three players. They're only going to pick up two. Yeah, right? and he's going to come back, back and play. Yeah. Hey, no, without he, question. He'll be back. I'm just he'll curious. With two more spots, and this is what everybody's talking about now because everybody loves to talk about Roster Mania. With two more spots on the 100 Thieves roster still needing to be filled, do we see food or crashies go to that roster? That is no. a very real question. Nope. You don't think so? Nope. Nope. Not right now, man. Look, Nate's shot was very apparent. Like, he, he wants winners. And if you're getting let go because you're not a, you, you were a loser, he ain't going to have you come to their organization. Hmm. Well, now, if you were telling me somebody from a team that was competitive was let go, you know, if Gen G let somebody go all of a sudden, yeah, absolutely. 
G2 let somebody go? Oh, absolutely. Hmm. But T1 let somebody go? Only reason it made the news is because it was T1, not because it was Crashies and Food. Yeah. Let's be but honest. I mean, but, but this thing, Crashies and Food aren't bad, though. Like, by any no, means. No, they're not. But they're not. But, they're, but there's plenty of other people, I think, that they might have in their sites that are support players, right? What, but what I do find interesting about 100 Thieves versus T1 is, you know, these T1 players, have been, they've been playing Valorant for some time now. You know, but still in Nitro haven't been. They just transferred over. Hiko well, we don't know how long they've been playing it to the side. Well, they, you know, they, they've been playing it on the side, but I'm saying like competitively, they haven't been playing it yeah. competitively. So yeah. my question is, is because right now I mean, the role that Hiko's been playing as team captain, he's been filling it with, you know, ex like legendary CSGO players. Do you think he's like, all right, we, we have enough CSGO players. Do we Do we bring in competitive Valorant players now too? Well, then you definitely wouldn't bring in crashes and food because you said competitive Valorant players. <laughs> Bro, they're not bad. I, I'm just saying, dude, they didn't win. You can't, you can't tell me you but can't. But that doesn't mean. Like, bro, okay, but what I'm saying, yes, they're not on. winning, Troy. But that doesn't mean that they're those two players are bad. It just means just because a roster is put together on paper and they look great doesn't mean they're going to have success if they don't oh, have the team. If there's something going on behind the scenes. Okay, then yeah, maybe there's a possibility crashes in food, but I'm guarantee you it's going to be questioned a hundred times if you bring in some people that get let go from T1 because they couldn't win, they couldn't get along because that's what it looks like, right? Well, well, Whatever. Let, the we don't know why they were released there. officially, though. Right. That, that's what I'm saying. We don't really know. So, like, you don't want to go dig into that when you already got drama happening at 100T. You already got enough problems. You already let go people that you, you know, wanted to give a second chance. So I don't hmm. think they give crashes and food a second chance. I personally, I don't, I, I, I'm not against it, but you know what? That's the beautiful thing ab about the scene right now. You know, it's it's kind of a little bit crazy, right? And I just mean, so we're, we're clear, I have nothing against crashes and food. I, I think no, they're I know great you don't, players. I don't think anybody thinks that. I don't think anybody I, thinks that. I, I'm just saying, no. like if 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 I'm a GM and I'm thinking about building a team, I'm asking a lot of questions about like. What was that team doing? What was going on? Why was one of their pro players not playing with the other two guys that got let go? Like, what happened there? Like, I want to know yeah. all that. And um, I think at this point, they'll just say, I don't want to talk about it. And, and, and I, I do want to point out, by the way, um, I, I know AZK um, and Brax are currently the, the two members playing for T1. I did say that those were the only two. Obviously, Skadoodle's still on the on the roster. They did bring EEIU over, he, but he's technically assigned to the T1 Academy roster, but he is filling in, so he is the third. Then you have Skadoodle, who's the fourth, and then we don't know who, who the fifth is. So I, things are really... I mean, but this is the thing, Troy, Like, and I think we, we, we can agree on this. Like T1 is still not in a good position. And they haven't been for months. So I don't know what's going on with that roster, but they've got to figure it out. Because when you think of T1, you know, you think of excellence, right? I mean, you really think of a good team. You think of a top tier uh, organization. So I really hope they can join in the likes of, of, of T1, or excuse me, of TSM, Sentinels, 100T, Cloud9. Like people who have been, I mean, these guys have really been performing. And don't forget Envy too. Like all these guys, Dignitas, like T1 needs to get up there in the ranks. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to T1. I, I really hope for Brax's situation and Brax as a whole. He's a great player. I hope he gets a solid squad and whatever drama or anything that's happening over there that they figure it out. Because, look, the more teams we have that are competitive, the better the scene is, let's be honest. The more teams that, that are competitive, the better. And, you know, talk about things that, that drive you, that want, that encourage you. 
Dude, this next one to me is just absolutely insane. Uh, if you guys were scavenging Reddit this week, if you're looking around, you might have seen this one uh, around Valorant. But an amputee one-handed player shows off how he's playing Valorant. And dude, I'm telling you what, I thought I had a hard time switching from mouse and keyboard. This brother, he don't, he, he's, he's ready to take on the challenge. And let's be honest, he's probably better than both of us. So just to be clear, He's a congenital amputee, uh, amputee amputation, which essentially means he was born without a, a limb. So he was born without an arm. So he didn't have an arm and then lose it, right? He was, he was, he was born this yep. way. He's had a lot of practice, but I mean, come on, this is a beautiful story. And this is why I love gaming because, and I've always been a huge, huge advocate of gaming, esports, yep. yep. honestly, not even just esports, just gaming in general. If you are, let's say you, you know, you're born with a deficiency and I, and I shouldn't say deficiency, but let's say you're born different. Let's say you, yep. you know, you're not athletically, you know, you, you know, you're not going to become an NFL player, basketball player right. like me. I'm not going to be an NFL player, basketball player. It's not going to happen. I'm not tall and I'm five nine. What am I going to do? I'm getting dunked yep. on. Okay. True. But the point is, it's very true. But the point is with gaming, there is an opportunity to still enjoy yourself and still enter into a different world, still play with friends, still be competitive in some way. And I love that. And like you said, I'm really glad you brought this this article to the forefront because, uh, you know, for an amputee to to play by, by the way, you know, he he goes by Reddit on, you know, Bionic Gamer 323. Um, I would love to have this guy on the show. It, it, just in the off chance you are a listener of this show, I would love to bring you on, talk to you and, and kind of dive a little bit deeper into you know, what, what, what makes you tick? What made you inspired, you know, to kind of play this, but, um, I'll go ahead and read a quote. So he says, using my stump on the keyboard always feels like a ball rolling on different keys close to each other. He explained in the comments, he says, whenever I start playing a new game, I always try to configure most of the keys in a small radius that includes Q W E R A S and, and a couple of other. So the point is, is he's trying to make it easier for himself with his keybinds, where we would use W A S D that doesn't necessarily work for him. It just doesn't make sense because it's, you know, with him obviously using a stump instead of figure, uh, fingers, you know, digits, um, it's, it's obviously a bigger radius. So I love the fact that he's able to still find a way to compete and play. And by the way, I've seen some clips of this guy playing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this yeah. guy's nasty, man. Yeah, he's pretty good. And, and the thing is, is like he has uh, some of the pros were actually talking about his because he has a G502 that he's showing off as well. And he shows right how he has uh, all of his raise abilities on the G502. Mm -hmm. And it's really clever, actually. It's really, it's really cool. So it's interesting that sometimes, you know, we don't think outside the box, right? Uh, because we, don't, we aren't forced to, right, essentially. And in his case, he, ha he always is thinking to be creative so he can accommodate do things he wants to be able to do that us with 10 fingers get to do. And he actually developed some ways that like some people are actually looking at how am I going to use my mouse now in Valorant? And yeah. so I thought it was just really neat. It really inspiring. And yeah, prop if you're out there, you happen to listen to the show, man. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story. Uh, and if you haven't checked it out, guys, go to Reddit, go check it out. You can go to Deserto as well. I'll drop the, the link in the show notes uh, so you guys can check this one out. But yeah, and, yeah, yeah, really and awesome story. And and he is silver one too, which is which is pretty incredible, you know, for him to be silver one right around where we are. He is doing a GoFundMe. I'm not gonna plug it, um, but either way, he is doing a GoFundMe. I know you guys can go find it. He's currently raised up to ten thousand dollars. He's trying to reach forty six thousand, uh, so he can actually get an advanced arm prosthetic, so he can get a bionic arm, and then who knows, silver one to, to pro. Wouldn't that be a magnificent story? Either way, Troy. 
it's beautiful, man. I'm, I'm glad you brought that to the forefront, and uh, it's it's inspiring, man. It really is. Either way, time is wrapping up, so let's go ahead and give you guys a tip or trick. Let's go to our Save or Spend. Half time. If you saved, spend it. Don't save a thing. All right, so I got a little idea. I had a little idea. Uh, we were talking about agents. No, everybody, like you said, everybody's always going to know what's the next agent that's going to come out. What's going to happen? So, as I mentioned before, uh, initiators only have two. That's kind of my guess for the next one. So, we're going to work this list backwards. For the next uh, four weeks, we're going to bring you guys in our saver spin awareness around one type of uh, agent, agent type. So, this week, we're actually going to talk about controllers. Uh, which will include Viper, Brimstone, and Omen, and just utilizing their abilities as a whole. So we won't be breaking down the agents. We'll just be talking about the class and where you should kind of be fitting into your teammates, into that team comp uh, with the class. So let's kick it off here with controllers. You know, I'm a little partial. Yes, Brimstone, main, yeah. I know I'm still trying to figure out who I'm going to play next because he's not very viable right now. With all that aside... You've been aside, switching it up, though. You've been switching you know, it up. I have, uh, but uh, controllers. Controllers are experts in slicing up dangerous territories to set their team up for success. This class provides lots of utility in the form of slowing down the enemy's players via walls, smokes that block vision, and even slows that can be placed on the ground. So really taking that into effect, Taylor, what I want to like tip-wise bring to everybody is like if you're a controller, you should not be the person necessarily running out as soon as the walls go down after the prep phase into the enemy territory trying to get off a pit. Right? Yeah, you should be, yeah. You should be back there right behind your other teammates getting ready for the push, seeing if the push is coming because you are the first defense of slowing that push, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, typically a lot of times, you know, we'll have, if there's only two sites, you know, we'll have somebody on A and B, right? Uh, when, you cut, when, you, when you start talking about Haven, a little different, right? Because most teams don't have three controllers. They're not taking all three Brimstone, Omen, uh, right? And, and Viper every single round. So, mo but most of them will have two, right? If not, uh, you know, but I really wanted to call into the effect of think about the class you're playing. Think about where you fit in that mold and making sure that, hey, if you're playing a controller, you're waiting to see if you're on offense, you're waiting to see, hey, where's my team going? Where do they need assistance? Where are we putting the, the decoy at? Or if you're on defense, it's, hey, am I listening for that rush? Where can I be to slow it down? And making sure you're paying attention to where you fit in that team comp. 100%. I love this. I love that you came up with this. As you said, you know, next week we're going to be talking about Sentinels. We're going to go through the list. Controllers are so important, and I'm starting to see the value of them uh, day in and day out, even in lower MMR, which means that, pe you know, even in lower MMR, the right. scene is developing and, and people right. are learning how to, you know, utilize those smokes. Viper, Brimstone, Omen. We don't see a lot of Brimstone often. That, that is true. But we are seeing more Viper and Omen. So the, the same skill set still applies. If you are being the first one to go in, as Troy said, and you go down, you are losing a ton of utility. You use, are you losing those smokes? You now don't have the option to to create a one way, right? A one way where you can essentially see the legs and be able to shoot down. You are losing the ability to be able to block the line of sight. So you know the people in heaven who's opping you, or maybe someone who's just locking down a certain line of sight. If you don't lock in, uh, or if you don't shut those lines of sight down with your smokes because you're dying because you're pushing in way too early. 
you're doing your team a disservice. If you're yep. a controller, play as a controller. I, now, I, I will say this. It, it doesn't hurt sometimes to get a little bit froggy and leap, right? If you want to be the first one to get in and surprise the team, do so. But remember what your role is. Remember what your value is. Because if you're Viper, Brimstone, or Omen, those smokes are invaluable, and you need to utilize them as much as you can. That's right. That is correct. And to tie it all in together here this week, let's take it out to Match Point. Match Point. Let's close up shop. We know more than we did before. Let's use that. All right, Taylor. I'm going with, I'm just going to throw mine out there really quick. The thing I'm going to work on this week is the same thing I've been working on for about the past two weeks. And I'm going to stick working with it. Look, just because I pick some doesn't mean I need to get, finish it in a week because, no, I'm not that good and I don't have that much time. But, yes, I'm continually coaching myself on reticle placement. Bro, I have had so many times that I could clutch up games lately where I shoot somebody in the freaking knees and lose the fight. <laughs> like, bro, I'm telling you, so many times I've come around corners. And so, like, when I play with randoms now, I'll just come off mic, or I'll just uh -huh. come on the mic and be like, this is a time when I talk to myself about reticle placement. And I'm telling uh -huh. you, if you haven't got anybody else to talk to you during that whole game, somebody will speak up then and laugh with you <laughs> at yourself. So, so, so you're that guy that, that I'm watching, and, and I, you're, you're in a clutch moment, and I just see your your gun pointed directly at the ground as you're clearing. No, not the ground. Knees, knees, <laughs> knees. It might as well be the ground. It hits just the same if you shoot the foot or I the knee. I guess it depends on how far the how far ahead you're looking to. But you're right? that guy um, where I'm like, brother, pick up. I'm screaming, pick up your yes. reticle, pick up your reticle. Yes, that's yeah. funny, man. Yeah, I don't know where that bad habit comes from. I used to have a really bad habit of that in Gears too. Uh, whenever we played. And, you know, yeah. all the time. Well, and I, yeah. I would always have him be talking about my radical place. Well, that makes sense because, you know, if you think if you're aiming center mass are a little bit lower in gears, you're going for chunks, right? So yep. good, if you have your Nasher out, you're trying to shoot ahead. It doesn't necessarily, you know, do any better than shooting, you know, lower down, trying to get that full spread. Same thing with Call of Duty too. Like headshots are incredibly important, but I think we are, you know, kind of honed in on shooting the body center mass, right? Because that's the biggest hitbox, and we want to try and take it down as quickly thing, as possible. Yeah. Exactly. So, and, and I'm having, I had the transition as well. Like even, even now I still hit way too many body shots. I've been getting really good at opping, which is a body shot. So, uh, I get you, man. Reticle placement's important. You know, and, and if you come from other games other than CSGO and, and Valorant, like it's, it's something you have to learn. You know, who's better than you at opting? Big Rick. <laughs> you say, oh, you hate you. <laughs> I know you guys have no idea what that, let, all right, let me, let me just say this, by the way, I wasn't going to do a jab at big rig. I'm going to do a jab at big rig. I was playing competitive today. And the guy clutches up. There's an op on the ground right in front of him. I say, pick up the op. And he's too busy celebrating and then goes, no, I don't need the op. I want my vandal. If that's not the stupidest thing, bro, <laughs> I'm still angry about it. I got it on stream and everything. That was the dumbest play no, I've ever seen. He's like, self, oh, we don't need Always an op. pick up an op for your teammate. It's 4,500 credits. And he's like, no, dude, I'm good. I'm like. Really? And then, that could have been a saver get... spin. We should have used that for saver spin. You know? I thought about it, but I was just like, no, because you know what? I, I, think, I think everybody out there is 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 not smooth brain like like that play. I think, uh, you know, they're kind of five heads, so they understand picking up an op has value. All right. They're not yeah. koala bear smooth brain out there. No, they, they understand what they need to do. I'm sorry. So, you, you I mean, really... would that go along here with, with what you're working on, which is be more effective as well, an IGL when needed? I mean, so, you were giving so, him the commands and he didn't pick it up. What do you do? Well, first and foremost, being an IGL doesn't necessarily get, mean giving commands. There's just a couple of different ways to lead. But it's true. With, with Big Rig being an IGL, uh, there's no getting through to him. Thick skull. He's just not going <laughs> to listen to me. 
So uh, I, I could try to be an IGL as much as possible. It's just not going to help. No. But as far as being more effective, I was actually inspired by G2 Mixwell. He ended up coming through and giving some of his secrets. He ended up tweeting this out. Secrets for solo queuing, right? Solo queuing, I think, is, is what we a lot of us can can kind of relate to. And even if you're not solo queuing, duo queuing, and one of our listeners earlier, you know, saying he was silver, uh, goes in as a duo queue. Uh, but number one uh, for being or having a winner mentality, at least according to Mixwell, was voice comms, team play, no insta lock, act nicely and have fun and give ideas to win the game. Loser mentality was no one is talking, I get baited, insta lock chat, and only hear trash talk, I surrender. Uh, but as far as the winner mentality goes, voice comms. Now he didn't say I. IGL, I'm adding that in, um, but I think being an IGL is incredibly important. For me, I have an ability to IGL. Um, it's it's a role that I played in the past, so I'm comfortable doing it. But I do want to stress the importance of being an IGL and what not to do. If you are going to IGL for your team, that doesn't mean just shout demands. And if they don't do what you know you tell them to do, you get upset, right? Then you're starting to fall into that loser mentality. If you're going to IGL, all you can do is add suggestions, try and guide your team as much as possible. Either way, you're providing that comms. If they don't listen to you, they don't listen to you. Don't raise hell because at the end of the day, it's only going to create animosity. The people are going to get mad at you and be upset. AKA so, whenever I try to talk to Big Rig. I know you, I see you smiling. You're shining no, no, bright so I was going to say, being an IGL is kind of like being married. You kind of ask for things to be done, but they they don't have to. They just, well, this no, it depends you, you on who's, throw who's your asking. Ideas Is it the wife out asking? There. Because if the wife says, "Hey, you got to do this," that's oh, pretty that's much not a, she's not an IGL. She's a commander. There's a difference, right? <laughs> that's what you just said. There's a difference. So she's not my IGL. I'm more of the IGL. I have recommendations, things that we might should try. Those are rec- as you said. Uh, yeah, Hands I get down, it. I get best it. way to put it, Troy. Hey, you can uh, only make yeah. recommendations, but if they say no, okay, no worries. You do okay. your thing then. All hey, right, honey, whatever, whatever you say. Hey, it ain't no hey, problem. Look, it ain't no look, problem. Look, Taylor just told me to try to be an IGL, baby. That's all I was trying to do. I was just trying to be <laughs> Yo, your IGL. Yo, if you throw my name out there to your wife, first off, that's weird. Second off, you're not going to get anywhere with that. I'm not helping Hey, there we go, case, everybody. If, if your wife gets mad at you this week, say, hey, look, Reflections told me to be the IGL. What can I say? I'm just trying to like, give like, recommendations. And if you say that, your wife is going to look at you like or you're girlfriend. a madman. You're crazy. Or girlfriend, boyfriend, yeah. I don't know. But Whatever. they're going to look at you and say, who? Who said it's that? True. And then you're going to repeat it. And you're going to say, yeah. Reflections told me I'm the IGL. And you're yeah. going to put your 10 toes down and you're going to make yeah. it true. Yeah. That's what we do, baby. Yeah. All right. All right. If, that, hey. if that happens to you, please share your story with us this week. <laughs> Other than that, Taylor, uh, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at the at, – I almost said Fortnite – at the Valorant Podcast. Uh, you can also now follow now. me at too, too Loud TX <laughs> and Reflections at Reflections as well. Taylor, take us out of here. It's always a beautiful time having you. And of course, for the 18th episode, it gets better and better. If you guys like the show, enjoy the show, make sure you leave a rating and a review, whether it be on iTunes or Podbeam. We would love to feature you in our Ask the Agent sections on the next show. But for myself, Taylor Reflections, Noble, Troy Tuttle, a.k.a. Too Loud, we loved having you. We hope to see you again on the next one. Grab some water, refill those clips, and let's get back out there.